Lord, the resurrection and the life. We thank you, we praise you, God, for breaking the chain between sin and death through your sacrifice on the cross, Lord, that frees us from that place of hopelessness and without God, Lord. We thank you for bringing us close. We thank you for doing the work that we couldn't do for ourselves. We thank you for making us alive again spiritually now and for eternity. We are secure in you. We thank you, Lord. We thank you for this time together. We invite you to come, speak, bless your people, build us up, Lord, by your spirit, by your word, as we gather in your name. Amen. All right, go and take a seat. I think the rain has stopped for now, which is, oh, I just felt one. It's, uh, I'm glad you're here. It's awesome to see you. Glad you're here online as well. And if you're in the park and you're listening to this, uh, feel free to come on over and join us. Valentine's Day, and it's on a Sunday, which is, I guess that happens every, was it six or seven years? Uh, I forget how that works. But um, one of the things that I enjoy doing on Valentine's Day, besides hanging out with the family, um, is actually something that I like to do on Sunday, which is there are these 10-minute extended highlight videos of English Premier League soccer. So I usually uh, tuck two of those in uh, during the day somewhere just to kind of uh, get my little soccer fix. And, you know, it's not a whole match. I mean, that's 90 minutes. Who's got time for that? But I get to watch these two, let's say, two 10-minute extended highlights. And I usually watch one of the top teams, Chelsea or Tottenham or, you know, one of those guys, because they're super skilled and it's fun to watch. Uh, but one of the downers that happens once in a while is you'll be excited about this match, you'll click it on, and uh, early on the, somebody will get a red card. And uh, if you know anything about soccer, a red card means you're ejected and you, your team has to play a, a person down for the rest of the match. 10 people against 11 people, and that never ends well. The 10 people just wear themselves out. It's ugly. Uh, it just ruins the game, and it's tragic, and you never win. Because here's the truth. You need every player playing in order to play well and in order to win. All right, that's going to hook to the message today. It's not just a little, little soccer thing, but we're back in a series today called Winning Together. Uh, a lot of sports metaphors and stuff like that. We're not playing soccer, although uh, we will be here after church soon. Uh, that's, that's coming. Uh, but we are in a game, if you will, uh, together. We, the church, that's the team, and we have a shared aim, a, share, a shared purpose, a shared goal, and that is to help others no, come into this relationship with Jesus like we've come into and follow Jesus together. Uh, we who are on this team have come to this place where we recognize, man, Jesus is great. Like he is, as he claimed, he is the truth, the way, and the life. Like he's the resurrection life. He's the light of the world. He is the Messiah, the son of the living God. We looked at that more closely last week. And knowing him... Knowing his wisdom, his power, his love, his presence is winning. And following Jesus, learning to listen to him and trust him and put his words into practice is winning. You do that for a little while and you're like, hey, this is better. This is good. I'm winning. And when you follow Jesus, when you start, he does something. He calls you onto his team and he gives you a generous contract. He signed you up. It's the new covenant. And he does this because we need each other to win. 
to live well, to, to make it through the ups and downs of life, the, the pitfalls and the, and the highs. He does this because we need each other and we can't win alone. We get a picture of this team, which he calls his body. He, Jesus is so connected to you and me. He, he wants to, to bring us in such a tight connection that he calls us his body. He's the head, we're the body. All right, so we're going to get a picture of this. We get it several places in Scripture. We're going to look at a couple today. First one is Ephesians chapter 4, verse 4. Listen to this picture we're given in God's Word. There's one body. One body, a team working together like a, like a body functions as one. There is one body and one spirit that unites us together. He's the glue. He's the living glue that, that brings us together, that unites us together. God's spirit in you and me, that's what we share in common. One spirit. And just as you were called to one hope, one destiny, new heavens and new earth, resurrection bodies, no more sin, toil, death, pain, or shame. Victory, we're going that way. We have one hope that we've been called into when you were called. We have one Lord. Jesus is our Lord, our coach. He played the game better than any of us. He's an expert, and he's our boss. One Lord that we follow, one faith, one shared belief and confidence in Jesus, his leadership, uh, his wisdom, his ways. One faith, one baptism. When each of us were united to God, brought into his body, we underwent baptism for the forgiveness of sins. We were baptized in the name of Jesus, in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. That's our entry into this body, into this team. One baptism. And then he sums it up with one God and Father. Oh, it's more than a team. It's a family. We're brothers and sisters. One God and Father who is over all. He's over all of it. He's through it and in it. First big idea for us today is we, and this is your fill-in, we, brothers and sisters in Christ, are one body. We're one body, one team, united by God. He's what brings us together. All right, we're one team, unified in spirit, aim, and purpose. Okay, next, we are one team, yes, but with great diversity, variety, within the team, among our members, among the players. We're a diverse set of players, different talents, gifts, strengths, roles, abilities. We've got goalkeepers, defenders, wingers, middies, and strikers. We've got a variety of skills, abilities, passions, talents uh, that God has given us that we bring together into one team. Listen to verse 7. But to each one of us, each one of us on this team, in this body, members of the body of Christ, but to each one of us, grace... And you could translate that a gift. It's, it's another word for a gift. Grace has been given to you as Christ apportioned it. Listen to this picture. This is why it says, when he ascended on high after his death and resurrection, he ascended on high, he took many captives and gave gifts to his people. Well, what are these gifts? What are these gifts? What kind of gifts did Jesus give you and me this body? Verse 11, so Christ himself gave, here's the list, the apostles, the prophets, the evangelists, the pastors, the teachers, players, forwards, strikers, defenders, different members of the body. You're the gift that God gives his body. All right? To do what? To equip his people. Okay, here's the aim, the purpose, the goal. This is what winning looks like. To equip his people for works of service so that 
the body of Christ, that's us, may be built up until we all reach unity. We get tighter together, playing together in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. We grow up, we develop, we, we get better. Attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. That's where God is taking us together as every member ever every member is in as every player plays. This is what, we're a bunch of gifts to each other to make this happen. And when each of us is active, functioning in the game, we build up, we strengthen, we, we shine Jesus. We shine the fullness of Christ in this dark world. When we're functioning, when we're in, when we're playing, when each member is in. Next fill-in. We need each other. See how God designed it? See how God is doing it? We need each other to win, to grow, to thrive, to be built up, to know and follow Jesus and to help others come into that also. We need each other to win. All right, we're giving some more of this in 1 Corinthians chapter 12. It's in your bulletin. It's on your screen. Verse 4, listen, there's different kinds of gifts. Beyond that short list in Ephesians, apostles, prophets, that's just a short list. There are different kinds of gifts among us, but the same Spirit distributes them. Amazing diversity, powerful unity, the powerful presence of Christ unifies us. There are different kinds of service. Those gifts that you are and that you bring are here for serving others, different kinds of service, but the same Lord. One coach, we got to follow his directions. He's got a great game plan. we got to follow him. All right? There are different kinds of working. These things work out gift differently. God has good works that he prepared in advance for us to do together, this local body of Christ, this local team. All right? But in all of them and in everyone, it is the same God at work. Don't forget, it's in the world to accomplish his purposes in the world. Isn't that crazy that he wants to do it that way? But it takes all of us, all of us in, all of us playing. Now to each one of you, listen, each one of you, from the newest believer to the oldest, each one of us in Christ, to each one, the manifestation, the display, the, the activity of the Spirit, of the Holy Spirit is given. All right, it's given. For what? For attention, for fame, for, hey, look at me, look what I just did. No, no, no. For the common good. For the common good. He gives us manifestations of the Spirit, the working of the Spirit in each member of the body to build up the body for the common good of the team. Next fill in. Here's the picture. God works through each one of you and me and us. Each one of us to build up his church, his body, his people, which Jesus purchased at a high price. All right. God is building us up. And he's building his kingdom. And he's calling others into it. He's advancing in the world through you and me together. Isn't this cool? We all get to play. All right. Now, a little bit more details about the manifestations of the Spirit. Give me some more details, Wayne. Well, we get it here. Verse 8. To one, to one of us, somewhere here, there is given through the Spirit a message of wisdom. God wants to reveal his, his wisdom to the body, through the body. A message of wisdom. All right, to another, a message of knowledge. Sounds similar, but maybe it's some sort of revelation. Uh, by means of the same Spirit. You have a maybe you have a message of knowledge to help build up the body. To another, 
faith, another gift, faith is given by the same Spirit. Faith, confidence in God, in His Word, in His promises. You know, I'm so thankful I'm married to Becky. She has this gift of faith. She just doesn't worry about things. She's confident in God's goodness and His promises. I get a little stressed out. She's like, she's calm. I'm like, why aren't you worried? Ah, I have faith. All right. It's good. We need this. To another, faith by the same Spirit. To another, gifts of healing by that one Spirit. I've seen this active. I'd like to see it more active. My neck was healed in a prayer meeting, OTC. Um, Gary mentioned his back, felt relief after we prayed for him. God wants to heal us physically even through uh, his spirit in us. All right. To one another. To another. Listen to this one. I don't know what this is. This is big. Hold on. To another. Miraculous powers. Boom. What does that look like? I don't know. It's pretty broad. But wow. Okay. To another, miraculous powers. To another, prophecy. Now, prophecy is a message given by God for a specific person, uh, to a specific person for a situation. Uh, And this prophecy will always conform to the word of God already given. All right? To another, prophecy. To another, distinguishing between spirits. Being able to distinguish between, hey, there's a spiritual realm, there's a spiritual world, that's dark, evil stuff, and this is God-aligned stuff. Uh, And those people are very important sometimes in different ministries. All right. And to another, see all these lists? See all these gifts? To another, speaking in different kinds of tongues, of languages. Um, Spirit-empowered, praying in different languages. We see this. We do this at OTC, usually sometimes in prayer groups, sometimes in private. But uh, this is happening at OTC as well. And to still another, the interpretation of tongues. Now, I've only seen this once. It was at a different church. But if you think you have the gift of interpretation of tongues, let us know. You know, even if you're, you know, like maybe, I mean, you know, we, we have come together to learn to use these gifts together. And we're going to do it imperfectly, but we want to practice uh, because we need these things. We need each member to be playing in order to be built up to the full measure of Christ. Okay, we need this. We need every player playing. There's more gifts. There's more gifts in different spiritual gifts lists in the New Testament, and you see others in Scripture. Um, So this is not exhaustive, but it's a pretty full list here. All right, now listen, all of these, all these gifts that we just talked about and the extras that weren't mentioned are the work of one and the same Spirit. Again, they come from God. So how do we get into this? Well, you let God work through you. We kind of get out of the way a little bit more. We, We surrender to Him and to His Spirit. We give him room and place, and when he does prompt us, even if we're like not totally sure it's him, we, you know, we go with it. We flow with it. We walk in the Spirit. All these are the work of one and the same Spirit. That's what unifies us, and he distributes them to each one, everyone. Everyone here, everyone in Christ has a gift, probably more, to each one, and he does it just as he determines. Right? He's like, this body needs this, 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 and this. Boom, 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 boom. Pulls us together. Isn't that cool? All right, we each have a role. We each have a, a, a certain gift mix that we need and the body needs to be built up. Now, some questions for you. What gifts has God given you? Do you know? And maybe this is brand new content information. I want you to explore this. Look into this. You know, there's online gift lists and and tests that are pretty helpful. They can help you narrow it down. Um, But if you're curious about something, you think, I I might have this gift. I'd like to find out more. Let us know. We'll help you. We're developing these gifts together. We're learning together. We're practicing and training together. All right? 
Um, what gifts has God given you? How, and if you're unsure about that, one question to ask is this next one. How has he blessed others through you? In what ways have you seen God work through you, bless others through you? Oftentimes, that'll help you narrow down and pinpoint some gifts. Next question, are you actively using those gifts? Right? Is that happening in your life, in your small group, in your world? Are you actively somewhere using those gifts? And if not, why not? It can be a little scary. I remember the first time I taught, it was not good. And, uh, you know, but we have to lean into this and fumble through in order to get better. Because we need it. Every, this body of Christ, this team needs you playing and practicing and using those gifts. All right. Maybe ask, what's the next step for me to get in to this? Now, this is pretty interesting. Uh, 1 Corinthians 14, kind of in the same line of thought still. 1 Corinthians 14 gives us a picture of an early church service, at least in Corinth. Early church gets together. What does that service look like? Does it look like this? What we're doing here is a different service flow? Yeah, at least at Corinth it is. Listen to this. What then shall we say, brothers and sisters? All right, brothers and sisters, when you come together, this is, they're talking about a Sunday worship service, each one of you, listen to this, this is wild, each one of you has a hymn. People bring songs or a word of instruction, a revelation, a tongue, or an interpretation. Bro, it's, it's potluck. It's potluck church. You come with something, I come with something, and, uh, you know, maybe you come something prepared. That's probably what's going on here. Or maybe something while you're together, the Spirit stirs in you to share, to help build up the body. All right, so what did they do with these different gifts, these hymns, these words of instructions, these revelations? All right, and then he first gives this important disclaimer. Everything, whatever you do, everything must be done so that the church may be built up. And churches get off base here, right? It becomes about, whoa, looking good and, you know, attention. And that was a problem going on in the church of Corinth. They were kind of like spiritual elitism. Hey, we got these gifts. We're better, blah, blah, blah. No, everything must be done that we do so that the church may be built up. What uh, are we doing together? And is it building up the church, the body? All right, we've heard this like three times already. All right, so we got to check our motives. Uh, is this to get attention, to raise myself up? Is it to build others up, to bless others else? Verse 47, if anyone speaks in a tongue, uh, two or three, or at most three should speak, all right, so don't, not everybody speaking at the same time, one at a time, and someone must interpret. Okay, interpretation is important, because how do we understand what God is trying to speak through these tongues to the body? So someone must interpret. If there's no interpreter, the speaker should keep quiet in the church and speak to himself and to God. All right, that doesn't really benefit anybody if we don't have an interpreter. So again, if you have the gift of interpretation, let us know. All right, now listen to this. Continues, verse 29, two or three prophets should speak and the others should weigh carefully what is said. So you can't just say anything and be like, oh, yay. No, you got to weigh it. All right, we'll talk about that in a sec. You got to weigh it carefully. And if a revelation comes to someone who is sitting down, the first speaker should stop. For you can all prophesy in turn so that everyone may be instructed and encouraged. The spirit of the prophets are subject to the control of the prophets. Again, a check and balance there. For God is not a God of disorder, crazy confusion, but of peace, as in all the congregations of the Lord's people. A couple key points there. Number one, weigh what you hear, what I say, what's going on at OTC or any church you go to. Weigh it, sift it by what God has already clearly said through Scripture. 
That's the measuring stick. That's what, how we sift through. Yeah, this adheres to God's word. This is in line. It's solid. It's powerful. Those are the best words to hear. And sometimes you got to, you know, trim off some of it. All right, weigh what is said by Scripture, the words of Jesus, the words of his apostles, the words of the prophets, the Old Testament, Genesis through Malachi. Another key point here was do this, whatever you're doing, do it in an orderly way that builds up others. Now, if you're so, like, tight-fisted where it's, it's just got to be precise and super orderly. I've been part of churches like that. It's like, man, the Spirit of God has no room to move. But I've also been to crazy, a little bit chaotic churches where, woo, everything goes, and there's no order, and it's a little bit just confusing. So we're going to try to find the balance there at OTC. So what I did is I invited, I asked some people, I sent out an email to some people um, who I know that God has spoken to them, to the body in different settings already. I asked them to share, to pray. This is what I asked them to do. I asked them to pray and asked them uh, to ask God to give them a word to share to build up the body. And some of them felt like they had something they wanted to share, so I'm going to invite them up. And then some of them said, oh, no, no. So that's cool. That's what we want, right? We don't want people just making up stuff. So um, we're going to invite some, I'm going to invite some people up to share, weigh this, listen to it, and and ask, hey, God, speak. Let me just pray. God, speak to us through uh, these people, through your people, Lord God. Thank you for this opportunity to gather together. Lord, we open up our hearts and minds to you, Jesus. Amen. All right, first one I want to invite up is Janice. Come on up. I don't know if she knows she's going first, but, you know, someone's got to do it. Thank you, Janice. Hi, my name's Janice. And uh, I don't talk very well, but I, I wrote it, so I'm just going to read. Just as a body, though one has many parts, but all its many parts form one body, so it is with Christ. 1 Corinthians 12, 12. I love verses on body life because as a physical therapist, I work with many bodies. I get to see how a body moves and, more importantly, how each part needs to work together to cause smooth movement. I love being a part of OTC, not just because of Wayne, although I think he speaks the word of God. I love the worship time. But what I really appreciate is being a part of this body. And I want to quickly name the giftings of some that has blessed me. So many of you have blessed me. Um, so, many, um, so I'm limiting my comments to my Bible study and my small group. Bryce, I don't think you're here, but you're probably listening. You are a seeker of truth. Before Bible study, this man researches the passage with copious notes so that he's ready. Ida, you have a sincere heart with no pretense. I love your honesty, and I see someone who wants to share her love of Jesus with others. Stefan, what a pure heart. You love Jesus and you're straightforward in your walk. Arthur, your warmth and laughter and enthusiasm is contagious. Shy, your kindness and compassion for others radiates from you. Tony, you have energy and a warm welcome of fellowship. Jenny, you're rock steady. You don't let a prayer request go like a greeting but you follow up with true concern. Mark, you have a solid faith. 
This guy was jokingly asked to pinch hit and lead the Bible study when Mike didn't feel up to it. And he did. Sharon, your wisdom and calm always points me back to Jesus. Jane, you won't hold back. You say it like it is, and I know you have my back. Slajana, my sister, I share my heart with you. Dawn, I miss your warm, friendly hospitality. Peggy, you were my welcome mat into OTC and a prayer warrior who I feel honored to partner up with. John, you're new to our Bible study, so I asked Mike. He really appreciates your honesty um, in talking with him and your search for truth. Mike, my encourager, I'm still so amazed at how you teach God's word. I'm not saying these things to pat people's back. I want to share how these friendships are like the sinews and veins that knit me into this body. You all have your own connections and groups that help you be a part here. Gifting is not for who's got talent contests. It's for building up each other and forming this body we call church with Christ our head. That's awesome. That is, that is a great example of the gift of encouragement in action. Thank you, Janice. I'm glad you're part of this body. Glad you're on the team. All right. Um, and next, I'm going to call up Chris. I'd like to say thank you to Pastor Wayne for this opportunity. The title of my message is Hakuna Matata. Hakuna Matata. Under the Bible reference that I have here, Joshua chapter 1 from verse 1 to 9, and 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7. I'd like to read that. 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 7 says, Casting the whole of your care, all your anxieties, all your worries, all your concerns, once and for all on him, for he cares for you affectionately and cares about you watchfully. Hakuna Matata roughly translates to there are no troubles in Swahili language. Hakuna Matata is a Swahili language. The phrase was popularized in English by the 1994 Disney movie, The Lion King, where it translated as, no worries. It has a connotation of not worrying about things outside a person's control. The characters in that film were trying to convince the young Lion King that the past is the past, and nothing good can come from it by dwelling on it. You can't change it, and most of the time, it just hurts you anyway. It is best to ignore the past and move on after learning from it. Yes, I believe too that the phrase, don't worry, which means Hakuna 
Matata is in the Bible. According to Matthew chapter 6, from verse 30 to 31, and Joshua chapter 9, from verse 1 to 9. So what is the secret of moving on in high water? Is it Hakuna Matata? I don't rightly know, but I believe God's word has some advice for us. Two of the secrets of Hakuna Matata are found in Joshua chapter 1 from verse 7 to 9. Number one, be courageous as well as strong. Number two, do not allow the Bible to depart from your eyes. Meditate daily on it. It will give you hope and courage which paralyze worry. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8. Hear what Catherine Procifer says. The only thing you will ever accomplish by worrying is to elevate your stress levels. Leo Buscaglia says, Worry never robs tomorrow of its sorrows. It only saps today of its joy. You are more than a lion king. You are the king's kid. Your heavenly father knows and sees all things before they happen to you. I tell you something, smile, smile. Smile every day while you daily see Hakuna Matata. Shall we pray? Dear Lord Jesus, please take away all our worries and replace with your joy and peace of the Lord. In the name of Jesus, amen. Thank you and God bless. Nice. All right. Uh, Jane, I got you next. Come on up. And then Rob, you're afterward. So that's, that's a good word, brother. Thanks. Um, well, last week, Wayne talked about uh, the identity of Jesus. He talked about a, a question that Jesus asked, who do you say I am? And that's a question that each person has to grapple with, each person has to uh, answer, and, and that answer will change the course of, of your life. But as a follower of Jesus, there's another question that I think needs to be answered, and when we really get it, it also will change us, and that is, who does Jesus say we are? And that's one I've been working on, and in our Wednesday night study, or I haven't been working on it, God's been working on me, let's say that. Um, in our Wednesday night study, we're, we're reading through Ephesians, and the first three chapters have been all about uh, our identity in Christ. And I've been reading and meditating on these chapters, and, and I ask God, just give me something, make something stand out. But the words just seemed to elude me. I felt like it was a lot of religious words that just kept bouncing off my heart and soul. And I kept asking God to help me grasp just one thing. And he uh, kept bringing me back to the prayers of Paul in those chapters. 
And I'm just going to read an excerpt that I've just sort of put a couple of the prayers found in chapter one and three, but just put them in my words uh, or paraphrase them slightly. Anyway, let me read these. Uh, Father, give them the spirit of wisdom and revelation. Open the eyes of their heart to know your incomparably great power that you give all who believe. Give them the power to grasp how wide and long and high and deep is the love of Christ, this love that surpasses knowledge. I want that to sink in, and I kept praying that. Um, but yesterday, or actually Friday, yeah, was that yesterday? No, Friday, um, I got a call at work, and my mom, my sister's crying. My mom's on the floor. She thinks she broke her hip. So I flew out of work. I called my husband, and on my way home, I felt myself starting to, to call my daughter, and I said, hey, this is what happened, pray. And she goes, okay, I'll pray. And I said, no, no, pray right now as I'm driving. And so she prayed over me, and she prayed the peace of God over me, and she prayed for strength and that I would be uh, a strength to my mom. When, and I'm close to home at work, so I, I minutes later walked into the house with my mom on the floor, and the peace of God ruled my actions. Uh, I was very calm, and and um, through that time, we got her to the hospital, or the ambulance did, and um, my siblings and I were all day uh, in a waiting mode outside, couldn't go in, uh, lots of prayer, but I have a very analytical family and we are sifting through loads of medical information, trying to make all these decisions and understand everything and that's just who God made us. Uh, and But we turned to prayer and we had a lot of you guys praying for us. And through that day, through the many hours, it's just hours and hours and hours sitting outside together, God did some things. He answered some specific prayers and met our analytical minds in some specific ways uh, that had us all worshiping by the end of the day. And, you know, God nudged me and he reminded me and he said, you know, I help, I'm helping you to grasp one thing, how great and how, how wide and how high and how deep his love is for me. The love that surpasses knowledge and the love that is powerful. Thank you. Thank you, Jane. Love it. Hey, actually, I'm going to, uh, there he is. Go ahead, Rob. Come on up, man. Good to see you. Good morning, OTC. My name is Rob. Um, I've been coming here for about a year and a half. I've been a follower of Jesus for about seven, eight years. And um, like most of us, probably all of us, 2020 has been a, was a challenging year. Uh, we all shared a lot of the same challenges, but I'm sure we all had some unique challenges too. And for me, I had some physical challenges I had to deal with, um, some health challenges in my family. Um, work challenges. I'm in sales, and sales is tough this year, the last year and a half, and even relationship challenges. Um, but uh, the last quarter of the year started really bringing some spiritual challenges, and um, there are challenges that um, God really started bringing to the forefront 
the biggest things that were creating barriers between him and I. Um, there were things I was holding on to that I was justifying to keep in my life, things that um, I would argue were good. And, um, you know, I'd speak to, uh, I would speak to mentors and just continue explaining, like, why I know these things are good. And I just wanted to hold on to them. Um, and I thought they were good. Um, but I think deep down, too, I knew, I knew they were uh, preventing me from being closer to God. Um, and over time, the conviction built. Um, I was no longer enjoying these things. Actually, they were causing more problems than creating happiness or whatever I was looking for. It took a lot of back and forth. And a few times I thought I actually let go of the things, but they would creep back in. And um, it can be really hard to let go. I think, I think we all know we have things that we need to let go of. If we're honest to ourselves, we know what they are. Um, but I know it's really hard. It's really hard. Um, so I can't just stand up here to j and tell you just let go because it's a lot easier said than done. But what I can tell you is in Matthew, enter through the narrow gate. For wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it. And when I first learned this concept, I only really thought about the first step, and that's entering the gate. Many people choose the wide gate in the ways of the world, but very few enter the narrow gate. But since I decided to follow Jesus through the narrow gate, he's continued to narrow the path for me. I naturally want to stray from the path, but the more I experience the goodness of God, the more he helps me let go of the things that make me want to stray, and my path becomes more narrow. Jesus also said in Matthew 5.29, if your right eye causes you to stumble, gouge it out and throw it away. It's better for you to lose one part of your body than for your whole body to be thrown into hell. While this sounds like an extreme example, the message is simple. Cut off what's preventing you from growing in your relationship with God. Let go. I've experienced pain and hurt <sighs> through the letting go, and I still do. But God heals. God redeems. Whew, sorry. And God lifts up. Whew. I'm positive I have more letting, letting go to do in my life, but I don't want the wide path. The wide path leads to destruction. It can be hard to understand why Jesus wants us to let go of certain things. But God's a, a good father. He's not a mean boss. It's for our own good and for the wellness of our souls. So forever, whoever needs to hear this today, what do you need to let go of? Do you want a peace and joy that surpasses understanding? Trust in our father, our good father, and follow Jesus down the narrow path. Heavenly Father, help us to let go of the things that are keeping us from being closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. And that, my friends, is a word of wisdom. We thank you for it, Lord. We praise you, God. And uh, one more. We're going to go one more. Uh, sorry, we're running out of time. Brad, would you come on up? Right on. Okay, I'm, I'm just trusting God with what comes out of this mouth. So the good stuff came from God. Anything bad came from me. 
I want to start by saying unbelievable stuff that I've sat here and listened to today. Um, I agree with all of it, by the way. Um, so, like, uh, October 4th, 2017, I had a divine intervention with God in the privacy of my room, you know, and prior to that, the 65 years and 49 weeks of my life were filled of guilt, shame, remorse, train wreck for people, other poor example of a man. The only thing I did right was 1996, I accepted the Lord Jesus as my Savior. But then I took 21 more years of um, doing it my way. And the one thing I kept consistent was I always prayed to God. And I knew there was a reason, and I had to have a story. You know, and there had to be a reason for my existence. And my one prayer to him was always, you made me, you know my heart, help me find it. So the morning of October 4th, you know, and my world was as dark as it could be, as hopeless as it could be, as you run out of ways to try to fix yourself. The world doesn't work for you. You don't trust people. They don't trust you. I asked God for a little joy. That was my prayer that morning. And, you know, the amazing thing is, there's a lot more to the story, but it's not about my story today. It's just, that's just a little hook. Um, more to follow one day. Uh, it took until yesterday for me to understand the joy that God gave me. It's not the, and what the joy is this, and that's why I think I'm up here, because I think this is the message God wants me to share. My greatest joy comes from telling what God has done in my life and giving him the glory. I've never, I have told my story to strangers, to friends, to people that buy hardware from me over the phone, they'll never see me again, and I tell them the story. I just got to tell you this, and they listen. Most people want to hear the story. Most, some people don't. That's okay. The majority do, and what that story does, it brings encouragement. It gives God the glory. It strengthens my faith. It reminds me of my humility, and it gives me purpose in life. So what I'm here to say today to everybody is we all have a story. Um, and when, as Wayne talked about earlier and was in the Bible study Wednesday, I came away with the word unity. We are a church. We are brothers and sisters. We are one. And to be stronger as one, we need to know more about each other. And we need to share our stories more openly. Maybe Christ touched your life 30 years ago with one big moment, and we got complacent in sharing that. Share it. We need to hear it. Somebody here is hurting with something. Somebody here is hiding something, and they're afraid either to bring it out because they don't know if they can. And our stories allow them to do that, and it gives them hope. So what I'm asking you, or God is asking me to ask you, is to look at your lives, look where God has touched you, and share your story. And as a church, we will grow stronger, we will be more powerful, and we will send our message to a whole lot more people than we ever could have dreamt of. Thank you. Yeah, Brad. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for my brothers and sisters. God, uh, thank you for this time playing together. And uh, Lord, we ask that you continue to build us up and use each member of the body here to build others up, Jesus. This week, even, just by your spirit, give us words, give us encouragement, give us wisdom, give us promptings to share, to reach out, to touch, to bless others, Lord God. And when that happens, let's do it. Amen. All right.